Hello and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. I'm Dylan Heisen, and today I'm joined by Delaney Stovall. Hey, y'all. Sam Quattro. Hello. And Michelle Ander. Hello. Uh, not talking about any specific show uh, this podcast, but uh, we'll be getting into queer representation in animation in general from 2018. Uh, this year was a landmark year in a lot of ways for queer romance and queer characters being displayed on um, kids TV and also just uh, animated TV in general. And we're going to be uh, walking through a lot of the highlights from this year. A ton of shows to get to. We're going to be talking about the ups, the downs of uh, and all the ways in which this was uh, advancement and uh, things we are still held back on uh, in terms of queer representation from 2018. We're the Overly Animated Podcast. We talk about a bunch of the shows we're going to be getting into here. Find us at OverlyAnimated.com on iTunes at OverlyAnimated.com slash iTunes and YouTube at YouTube.com slash OverlyAnimated. Um, a bunch of uh, prefaces, I think, before we, we get into stuff. First of all, spoilers for a ton of shows we're talking about. Check the podcast description for I'm going to list out each show there. Um, most urgently, I think Voltron Legendary Defender. Um, that's because that came out uh, a week or so ago, and we're going to be spoiling the very end of that show. So make sure, and also the graphic. So I apologize for that, but I had to include it in there. Um, so make sure you've seen uh, all, all, you're caught up on all these shows we're talking about. Um, not necessarily major, super major spoilers for, for anything. Um, another thing is i want to i'm going to be referencing this article from entertainment weekly throughout this podcast that i highly recommend you've read if you have not it's called from steven universe to voltron the fight to bring lgbtq characters to kids shows by nick romano um i believe this is the best uh journalism that's been done on the subject uh, to date and i highly they, they interview a bunch of uh animation show creators and i highly recommend that you check that article out i'll read some quotes from it throughout um, and, uh, I want to preface saying we're talking about a lot of shows, but also we don't watch everything. Um, and so if there's stuff we missed, I apologize. We're getting to some animes later too. I'm, I'm sure I don't have full coverage there. So, uh, there might be, um, some notable representation in other shows, even that we're not talking about here. Um, so that being said, we're going to get into uh, a bunch of major ones, but let's start off with general thoughts on, um, how you feel about uh, what happened this year, career representation-wise. Um, there was a lot of advancements, but um, are you feeling positive about it after after everything that's happened? Are you still uh, frustrated? Um, do you uh, were you surprised the by the there we had three uh, main character kisses? Those are the first things we're gonna get into after this. Are you surprised that that happened, uh, Delaney? What are your what are your overall thoughts here? So I guess uh, the kisses. Um, I'll just start with that. I. I guess I was surprised, especially we're just going to jump right into the first spoiler of Voltron. Um, I was I was shocked that happened in Voltron, especially considering what happened in season seven, mm. that I was definitely not anticipating them actually like getting to it. And I guess with Steven Universe, you kind of always anticipate things to happen. So that I mean, it's a big deal, but it's not that it was surprising that happened in Steven Universe. You know, when you can't, what is it? Are we three years out from Korra? Four years? Uh, yeah, four. Yeah. Well, wow. Four years out Legend of Korra, which was like this incredible groundbreaking moment. And just now in 2018, we're getting kisses on animation, on animated shows, which is incredible, but also seems a bit late. And it's about time. <laughs> like this year has been incredible for representation and what all we've gotten. We can never be satisfied, though. So I'm certainly not satisfied because we, we need more. We need to keep reaching and we just we need more. But 
I mean, I, I am happy with what we've gotten. We've had some amazing arcs. We've had some like just ama- amazing moments, all generally based around two women. We did get Voltron with the two men, which was awesome. Granted, it wasn't it wasn't much of anything, but it was a big deal to see on screen on Netflix, especially with a show like Voltron. So I guess I'm happy, but I'm not satisfied. Yeah, because we can never be satisfied with what we're getting. But I mean, I think this has definitely been a big breakout year for this stuff. Nice. Uh, yeah, I think that was that was a good summary of of a lot of stuff there. Sam, uh, what do you what are your thoughts looking back on the year? I think this year was definitely the best year thus far in terms mm. of representation. Yep. Um, you know, because of all of the above, obviously. Um, all the different kinds of representation, the romantic interactions, etc. Like we've come a really long way from the core finale in 2014, and even whatever was before then. You know the uh, bubbling stuff back in like 2012, mm-hmm. etc. Um, but like Delaney was saying, just because we had gotten more doesn't mean that we should settle for this uh i don't know because you know there's still a lot of stuff that's going on where you know especially in terms of the womanly interactions where it's like oh you can just say that they're friends and you know that'll be that uh so the parents won't like freak out about it and I don't know. I'm excited to see where we're going to go in the future and where, you know, this sort of representation will go in animation. And if we will just like, you know, cross the threshold of this being way more of a commonplace thing than just like, you know, I hear it down the gay grapevine of, oh, this show has two girls that hold hands for like five seconds at the end of the episode. (laughs) Not that that's a bad thing, but, you know, hopefully we'll get to the point where, you know, it's just so commonplace that it isn't the most notable thing about one specific show to me. But yeah, I think 2018, great year. Can't see, can't wait to see where we're going to go next. Nice. Yes, absolutely. And at the end, we'll be covering some potential uh, shows that might have some things coming in next year as well. Uh, Michelle, uh, thoughts looking back on the year? Uh, oh, man. <laughs> well, Sam and Lady did a great job wrapping up most of my initial thoughts, but I guess one thing I'll say is it's been... I think this is a really important year just in terms of how many how many moments, how many characters we've had throughout like a plethora of shows. It's no longer just a couple shows that have, you know, either ambiguously clear queer or like outright queer but the show's ending soon characters and that's like i think especially what makes me so excited about shira because like it's been so abashedly queer from its first season and i think that hasn't necessarily been the case with stuff like voltron and adventure time um and even cora and i i do think there is something interesting about like how how shows have been allowed to be more gay over time because i do think bubbling initially was kind of a thing before Korasami was official um but that was so downplayed and so ambiguous that it really hurt longtime fans because they kept waiting for it to feel legitimized and it wasn't for years and years and years and then Korasami happened and it was so surprising and exciting and again like we find out that 
you know, they really pushed for them to have a kiss, um, and Viacom wouldn't let them. They settled for, like, a handhold, which was still, like, wonderful, and, like, there's no question that they're together. Um, but getting to a point where, you know, bubbling can kiss, and that's, like, amazing. But again, like, we know that they're probably were only allowed to because it was the last season and they had nothing to lose anymore. Like, it didn't matter if, like, overseas um, companies wouldn't air it anymore or if people were going to be mad because the show was ending. And I kind of wonder if that is a similar situation to Voltron or Mysticons. I don't know. I haven't seen those shows, so I can't speak to that, but I, I wonder about it. Um, but then you have like Steven universe. that's always been trying. I feel like it's hardest to push as much as it can within the frame of the time that it'll allow it. And you see, like, I don't think Ruby and Sapphire would have been allowed to kiss in season one, but now it's season five and they can, and they can have a whole wedding. And I think like, that's some really clear progress. Um, and so again, like, that's why I'm so excited about shows like She-Ra because it's the first season and it's allowed to kind of like go on the shoulders of some of what these shows, these older shows have like trailblazed for us and just like take it even farther and make it more normalized and be a lot more overt about it. And I mean, that show still has a long way to go too, but it's just, it's nice to see that things are clearly changing and they're changing kind of across the board because there are so many shows to talk about on here. It's not just a couple. And I think that's like, that gives me hope. I'm also like, I don't think any of us are satisfied with where things are, but like, it's just, it's nice to see that like one, the ripples are affecting so many other shows. Like this is having a massive impact on children's animation, like across the board. And that is so exciting. And we shouldn't downplay how like important that is, but also, yeah, they're, there are a lot more questions to be had about like what is deemed appropriate or not, how physical or how verbal can you confirm a relationship where that gray area is. But like for this year, I'm super happy with the amount of shows we get to talk about. And I think that like in of itself is pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Like our list last year would have been tiny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I want to I echo that with uh, saying this year, this is the first year where it's felt like it's been something in the forefront, like uh, actually having gay characters on screen. We're having a um, podcast about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like we've always talked about it in the podcast, but this year, uh, there, there's some, at some point this year, we realized that like, oh, half of the shows we cover legitimately have had some form of queer representation this year. Like, and it was shocking. Um, there was clearly mm-hmm. some turning point this year. And of course, it's animation. So there's a few years ago that it would have uh, started up at um, in, in like making the show. But uh, yeah, it, it just, some, some, there is some gate that's been broken open here. And obviously, there's still a ton of uh, censorship. I'm going to get into that in a second. Um, but uh, it's, something has changed and we've gotten these uh, three hugely prominent kisses but also in general just there's also minor representation in a bunch of shows over half of the shows that we talk about on this podcast which is uh, super fantastic um, and it looks like it's just going to keep going into next year as well um, so there's there's a lot to be optimistic about but also there's some uh, some caveats here I, I want to start I guess I, I was going to do this in the beginning but we can transition into Steven Universe here by uh, reading a few Rebecca Sugar quotes um, as a uh, most prominent uh, figure, I think, in, in this in this realm in animation. Um, and she was quoted in this Entertainment Weekly article. Um, if you're someone who's wondering why are we spending a whole podcast on this, uh, I'll I you know we could I think we could talk for an hour about that, but uh, we'll just sum it up by reading this Rebecca Sugar quote, which is uh, by including LGBTQIA content and characters in G-rated entertainment for kids, you tell kids when they're young that they belong in this world. You can't not tell them that. There can't be only a certain group of kids who are told someone will love you by all the entertainment that they'll see. It's just so unfair. 
Um, and there's just the Rick Sugar in that in, in that article is fantastic. Um, but yeah, it's 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 about the kids watching basically. I mean, and the teens and us, and it's also meaningful to to a lot of different types of people. But ultimately, the biggest impact I think it's going to have on the world is uh, that these are shows that are directed at kids that kids are watching and them seeing uh, gay characters, both um, gay kids and then also like. Uh, potential like kids that might grow up to be homophobic like that would be a lot of something that would be hugely affected by having gay people seen on on screen um so that's uh the the summary of why this is a, a hugely important topic and uh, something else i want to mention is that uh there's uh i i've been saying this on many many podcasts now because it's been increasingly apparent that this is true and important and a lot of like animation people on twitter and stuff have been emphasizing this point so i've been trying to echo that which is that uh you're unaware but most animated shows you see directed at kids have had queer representation censored um and it's not just the one-time thing it's a frequent thing um every show we're going to talk about has probably had some form of this um it's also maybe even like most shows on tv uh this is just a recurring systematic problem in the industry um and uh here's here's rebecca sugar talking about uh, the struggle that she went through to get steven universe to the place that 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 it is she said ultimately uh, i said if this is going to cost me my show that's fine because this is a huge injustice and i need to be able to represent represent myself and my team through the show and anything less would be unfair to my audience um so yeah she was like thought she might lose Steven Universe from the push that she was making that uh, ended up on, on screen this year. And she, uh, we, that, uh, that article gets into uh, more examples of that. But yeah, this is a frequent thing. We have two specific examples I'll talk about beyond Steven Universe in this podcast, but there's way more than that behind the scenes that we're not even aware of. Um, so yeah, getting into uh, that and Steven Universe. I think Steven Universe is uh, always kind of been leading the charge on uh, queer representation. But this year it finally culminated in a way that was... Um, that was uh, very visible and uh, apparent to the audience, and that was through Ruby and Sapphire and the arc that they went in, in they had in the middle of the, this year. Their proposal, wedding uh, arc, the, uh, the the strife between them as a couple, and uh, then they ultimately uh, kiss at their wedding in uh, Reunited, and it was the first uh, same-sex kiss involving a main character on kids' uh, Amer- uh, Western animation TV. So, uh, uh, like, a lot of caveats, but that was a huge milestone, I think, for us and people involved in the industry and stuff. So uh, it was it was a, a big moment, a, a part of this huge plot arc for the two of them, uh, just some of the best, like, uh, content also on TV, like, storytelling-wise, um, and it was, it was really fantastic. Also, Rose and Pearl, I think, uh, and now we're only falling apart had uh their uh continued uh romance uh or their their like past romance stuff highlighted in more detail um mm. yeah i think that's also definitely lots of blushing yeah more <laughs> more uh overt i think than we've ever had it before for them although not on the level of ruben sapphire for sure um so yeah on multiple fronts in in steven years and obviously all the gems are are gay so there's there's a lot a lot going on there but uh yeah this 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 ruby and sapphire arc uh it's uh delaney um yeah it's what, what was your what were your feelings at the time and how do you feel looking back on it now so garnet is my favorite character in steven universe so obviously i was really involved in this and i i mean it was one it was beautiful to watch and the i mean the like you kept saying the arc was incredibly put together incredibly executed I mean, it was very, very meaningful to watch. And, you know, we talk about this is for kids. And, like, I really could have used this when I was a kid. And for this to be meaningful watching, you know, at 21 years old, like, it's a big deal. And I just, I mean, it was just incredible. And it, and that the thing was, like, you, even if, 
you know, we are all, you know, quite well versed in what's happening in animation. And even though you like if an average person is watching, doesn't it does not have our background, does not have the awareness of like kind of general animation. You felt that that it was in a very important moment on television, Mm -hmm. that this was a big deal. You just watched two women kiss on screen on in on a cartoon meant for children. It was a big deal and they made it a big deal. And I mean, and also just to have like an entire episode dedicated to like a gay wedding was just amazing. (laughs) And just, you just, I could never like, I, you know, we expect big things from Steven universe, but I, I mean, I still am blown away by it happening. Like I wasn't anticipating, like, like I know they love each other, but I wasn't like, yeah, they're going to get married. (laughs) Like if we're going to see a wedding, like that was never like something I thought about. Yeah, And I think it was just done incredibly. And it was, I mean, it was very powerful. And I think no matter who you were or how you feel about things, when you watched it, it felt that way. Yeah. Uh, Sam, Steven Universe, lots this year. <sighs> Wonderful. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. I don't know. I don't really have too much more of a light the shed on it that Delaney and Dylan haven't already, to be honest. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Michelle? When Ruby proposed to Sapphire, I I like died. It was just so sweet. And then the music swells and like the wind is whipping through them. And it's just so sweet. And then when we got to see Ruby in a dress, I also like lost my mind. Because like even from the first season, when they first kind of like smooch and form Garnet, I got really scared because there were a lot of people who were saying oh, like, are you sure Ruby's a girl, though? Like, kind of looks like a boy. But it's like, now she's in a dress. Like, there's no denying they're both girls and they're getting married. So you gotta accept it now for sure. (laughs) And I just, like, on that level, I was very, very happy. And, like, yeah, we got, like, a gorgeously animated, like, full close-up smooch from them and that's just such a big deal i remember watching that on gif form for like hours and hours on tumblr after because i just couldn't it was just so good and yeah like i agree with laney it's not like we're super surprised it's, like, this show's always been so gay and like there's so many jokes about how every episode is like the even gayer than the last but it's always such a nice surprise to see something get to this level and yeah it is the first of its kind so it's just, oh man, I just, I really hope this makes other showrunners more confident and other networks more willing to let them do things like this. Because clearly the world didn't end and everything's fine and Steven Universe is still pulling in great money. So, I mean, I it just like, it makes me very hopeful and also very validated. So it was so, it's such a good culmination of their relationship at this point. Yeah, absolutely. It was, it was, this is the best, uh, representation on the list. Um, so we're, we're starting off stronger just in multiple facets of explicit representation, um, embedded in like a significant plot arc for the show surrounding the, the gay characters. Um, it was, uh, it, it was super fantastic. Yeah. Like, yes, Steven Universe has always been like super gay, but this is kind of the first time it's crossed like my, explicit representation line i guess i'll define that right now um this is not a objective thing this is up for debate so if anyone wants to push back at any point um absolutely do so but uh kisses declarations of love characters labeling themselves as queer um characters saying they're dating like things that you cannot you cannot go on the internet right now and be like 
Um, actually, they're really best friends. Just had a friend <laughs> wedding, like you can't a do that. Friend wedding, like people forever have been like Rose and Pearl. Don't then no, they're just really mm-hmm. good friends. And it's like y'all, mm-hmm. really, really, really. Can you please right. take your straight goggles off for two minutes? Because you know we talk about yes, Steven Universe is super gay, but you know a lot of times people are like, oh well, in my straight goggles because I only wear those all the time. And no, you don't have to wear gay goggles to watch Steven Universe. It's very clear. But when you live under a rock. And you live in our heteronormative society. It's very easy to cover things up and push them under the rug. But no, right now, like, they kissed on screen in wedding dresses and got married. So like, you can't, there's no, same thing with Voltron. They they got married and they kissed. Like, yeah. You can't, this, there aren't friend weddings. This is all oh, just gals and guys being really good friends who kiss each other on the lips and they get married. Nope, can't. Yeah, it, it it hit on multiple fronts on the explicit line, which yeah, the pr- proposal wedding kiss, it was uh, fantastic on multiple fronts. Not not that um things that don't meet that level are not also meaningful and fantastic, and we can get into some of those as well. Um, but you know, I think crossing that line is uh, also like what's so hard for a lot of uh, showrunners and crews and uh, Steven Universe blowing past it here. Oh, another quote um from that article. Uh, there's, there's a lot of talk about how, um, whenever you talk to people involved with Cartoon Network on this topic, they'll talk about how, uh, over, overseas airings of shows are a big problem with, uh, with, with like getting representation through because of like homophobic countries that would just refuse to air the show. Um, so they're talking about like, there's, there's always plausible deniability, quote unquote, um, and with, with Steven Universe, you know, they, they never crossed that, that, that line necessarily. So they could just keep airing the show in, in homophobic countries. But, um, then they say, uh, the, the wedding episode we're told was a game changer. The same source close to the show described it as a night and day situation, night being the days before Ruby and Sapphire's wedding, uh, and day being the wedding onwards. They can do all these things now, including same sex characters who kiss on the mouth. Um, so yeah, I've heard a lot of talk of there just being a line that's that Rebecca Sugar crossed here. Um, and so now they're just not going to air this, this, uh, this Steven Universe in like Africa and Russia. And it, that's terrible. But um, they, now, like, Cartoon Network is not going to, like, worry about that. Now, like, this is just a gay show. And so I think we can expect more things moving forward with Steven Universe now that that line has been crossed uh, in, in there. Um, and so I'm very interested to see what, what the show does moving forward here as we're about to come up on some more episodes. Um, but, yeah, there, there's there's a lot there with um, censorship and kind of crossing line. And I think that also relates to the end of a show. Um, the line can be crossed at the very last moment because it doesn't matter anymore because there's no more episodes there. Michelle talked about this, how like uh, it's more likely to for there to be uh, gay kisses at, at ends of shows and just gay representation in general. Um, that's that's probably the reason why that transitioned us into Adventure Time, which um, in its series finale, absolutely wonderful series finale, finally culminated Marceline and Bubblegum with them uh, kissing in uh after this uh battle a climactic battle moment and very dramatic kiss uh sam uh give us uh what was your reaction uh then you've you've talked a lot about this i know this has been a very meaningful couple to you yeah um god where to even start uh let's see so to abridge my relationship to marceline and bubblegum's relationship uh basically when i was first coming out i was like seeking things to watch and to like you know see that would further elevate my understanding of who i was and adventure time just happened to come up and at the time it was like 2012 ish so what was missing was a thing i'm just your problem yada 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 and throughout the years you know i've been keeping an eye on it sort of 
you know, going back and forth, like, oh, I don't know if by the finale comes they're going to do anything with this, or if they will. But then they did, and I died. <laughs> I Oh, I didn't die, obviously. I'm still talking to you. Uh, but, you know, I was very elated and very surprised, even, that they would go to that length. Um you know, it wasn't like the most perfect thing I could have asked for personally, but you know, it, it happened, man. They kissed, and it was a whole thing, and it made me happy. It, I think, it made a lot of people happy to just see this ending culmination of like years of will they, won't they? Um, you know, is it that you know other countries that air the show are too? prejudiced is it that the network is too prejudiced like what's going on and they did so hooray yay for everybody yes yay for everybody <laughs> i think yeah and this is like it was just a, a finale kiss but it's just like you can't watch adventure time and not be like so emotionally invested in these two which have just been years and years and like this is like one of the iconic all-time uh queer couples in animation like we talked about like back as far as 2012 them being almost a thing and then, then like they actually did it here um and they actually like uh pair, pair like explicitly showed them being romantic and the show's just done a lot of other uh great stuff stuff with them in the past this was like the way to end uh bubbling i think um and uh it's yeah it's also just the second uh gay main character kiss in in like it's just a few months after steven universe um also very meaningful in its own right should be noted these are both cartoon network shows so cartoon network, cartoon network definitely seems to be leading the charge on this front um there are kind of special circumstances with both like steven universe has a line that's been crossed that other shows haven't adventure time it was just the end of the, the end of the show so i don't think we can say like oh a bunch of cartoon network shows are now just gonna have gay kisses all the time um i think there's still like a lot of issues there but uh, this, they've done far more than any other network, I think, to, or production company or anything to this point. And uh, just see, it was it was it was just shocking. I think that the Adventure Time did this, like even even seeing Steven Universe. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. I was definitely surprised. And I think for me, Bubbly and like um, it was the first um, animated kids show that I had an inkling could have like a lesbian angle at all. And I think Sam, you're saying that the bubbling thing came out around 2012. That yeah. sounds right to me. Cause I know it was at least a year before Karasami was hashtag confirmed for real. So in that way, like you just, you spend so long kind of having that be your first one and that in and of itself kind of means something. And I know that I, I really latched onto Steven cause it just like, it felt so much more affirming so quickly than um adventure time did and i was super blindsided by the bubbling kiss for the finale but i was so happy because like that just told me that like yeah these these poor crew people they're not dicking around with us they're not trying to to just like you know be be half genuine they really did want this to be a relationship and to be over but like they couldn't because they were one of the first ones who started trying and so they had the most pushback yeah so to, to just be able for them to be like oh yeah like they're kissing now because it's ending so whatever it's like well that still like means a lot though that clearly the whole time we weren't crazy they were in love they were working through their stuff and now hopefully they can have a beautiful future together so i do want to give them props for that it I still have lots of feelings about how it could have been better, but I mean, at the end of the day, they they did the best they could with what they had, and I'm glad that we had that smooch to confirm it for real. Yeah, it was uh, 
definitely one of my biggest reactions. Like, it's just like, wow, like this, like this, this, yeah, they've, been like, avo- they've, they've been avoiding this for so many years. Oh yeah. my goodness, they actually did it. Yeah, it was, it was so fantastic. Okay, let's talk the third, um, the same sex, uh, kiss that we got. This is very recent to Voltron. Um, the end of the series. So Voltron's had some issues this year with, with queer representation, but we get to the very last moment of the show. We're getting these, uh, epilogues for all of our characters. Then Shiro, who we knew was gay from last season. We see, um, him, uh, kissing this random dude at his wedding in the future. And, uh, so Shiro gets, he got it. It's a happy ending. It was like he finally left the battle behind. Um, uh, previously in season seven, which was only a few months before, the show kind of attempted to portray Shiro as gay, um, and they showed him with his boyfriend in a flashback on Earth, um, except there's like nothing actually romantic about it. They're just kind of in the same place. Um, and before that, uh, the creator, Voltron creators were at Comic Con. They're like, yeah, Shiro's gay. We're going to show it in the season. And then a lot of people were disappointing when. Oh. Uh, yeah. there's like nothing actually there. And then they went on and killed, uh, his boyfriend, uh, later wow. in the season. Oh, yeah. So wow. yeah, it was great. It was people great. were feeling very bad about it. And then, <laughs> uh, this, then we get, uh, him, him kissing a guy to end the, the season, this guy, Curtis, who was just a very background character. Um, so there's, it wasn't really a romance arc built up. It was just kind of this rando. Uh, but we did know Cheryl was gay. The show did hit on that. It did have him, uh, kiss a guy at the end. You know, this is the first male, male. Um, you know, main character kiss in kids animation. Like, it's a, it's a big deal in and of itself. I also want to say that the season seven stuff with, uh, uh, Shiro and Adam, his, his boy, fr- uh, boyfriend in the flashback, that was censored. This is one of the clear things I do know about. Like, there was supposed to be a kiss there. There was a lot of censorship there. So, um, this was an example of, uh, just kind of like interference in the story. And then it ultimately, I assume they had to work super hard to actually get, uh, something through at the end with Shiro kissing guy. Uh, yeah, Delaney, we just talked about this on the most recent Voltron podcast. You can check out, check out the last uh, Voltron podcast we did for more on this, but, uh, your, your feelings on this Delaney. So I was shocked that this happened because of season seven, because they like, they were like, yeah, sure. It was gay. You're going to see it. And then it was like, Murder. It, was nothing. it was nothing. Yeah. They were like, I mean, it was like, you know, we're talking about straight and gay goggles, but you're watching, you watch it. And of course I'm like, they're gay, but it wasn't explicit. <laughs> And then they kill him, and you're like, "Wow, wow, oh!" <laughs> and you no, know, it this isn't like it's nice. Shiro gets his happy ending. He finds a man, and we get a kiss at the end. That's awesome. It's great for representation. As a watcher of Voltron, I was not very happy with it, but you know, it's one of those things. Like maybe if Voltron had another season, or maybe if DreamWorks hadn't censored the crap out of Voltron, we would have gotten something. But this was, I mean, this is a really big deal, and that can't be downplayed, is that this is a ginormous big deal, and that hopefully it will mean more for shows in the future, that, you know, we can actually have, like, two guys dating on a show, and it's not weird, and you can just watch it. Yeah. Yeah. But... yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I mean, it was like it's cool. I wasn't anticipating it happening at all after the big debacle that season seven was. Yeah, this was this was also a huge surprise considering what happened before. Um, in in and we talked about this in the podcast for more detail, but uh, this it's more it's it's a bigger deal in the context of what Voltron is. And I actually went back and read the EW article and the Voltron creators there talk about how for a show like Voltron, they said they couldn't at first they could not get into anything social. This is like a reboot of a boys action show. So like that's like from the eighties. From yeah, like that's why this right. is like w- even harder on Voltron to get anything through. Just uh, like just in an action show, and then actually having. Um, 
um, and ending the show, having all these young boys watching this, uh, this, this uh, gay kiss, even if it's with a character that we don't really know, still like Shiro, one of, if not the main characters of the show. So, um, like a huge deal in the context of them and DreamWorks, who I think we all were surprised that actually yes. this got through. Um, I was kind of the under the impression DreamWorks was especially homophobic, but, uh, this yes. was really nice and Shira, so maybe not. Yeah, and Shira, um, we'll see. Yeah, so this also bodes well for Shira. We'll talk about that. Is Shira next. also DreamWorks? Shira is yes, also DreamWorks. It yeah, is. So. I wasn't sure. Yeah. Also, another reboot of an old, uh, an old boy. Another property. from an 80s yeah, show. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Well, um, I will say Shira is at has always been geared towards girls. Yeah. Shira comes from an 80s. Yeah, yeah. Ultimately, from boys. the from the He-Man. Yeah, but she the original yeah. Shira yeah. was. Yes, good, yeah, good point. So yeah, in 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 conclusion, yeah, Voltron. There's a lot to be uh, not not thrilled with, um, but uh, did still really break through at the end. And uh, props to everyone involved with the show for for getting it there because it could not have been easy. Um, okay, next uh, another recent addition to the scene: Shira and the Princesses of Power. Um, and uh, there's a lot to to get into here. Um, just like a very female dominated crew also created by a queer woman um like that that should be noted as well and uh really burst onto the scene here scene here with a lot of um potential gay representation delaney what is do you want to summarize everything oh hold on back to voltron for a second i want to mention ezorn zethrid um who had uh actually uh past the explicit line i think at the end these are two yes. minor female characters and last season they had an episode where they were explicitly saying they're together um so voltron did also have another minor female female romance there with with some some side characters and they actually had some pretty cool can we content. can we talk about that for a second because this is something that kind of i'm a little concerned about it you guys i do think so voltron is the only show we're talking about that has anything close to explicit male gay relationship and i think about that a lot especially because you were saying julian that voltron is a show geared at boys it's an action show i mean most of these shows are honestly geared at boys though i mean steven is the main character of steven universe for a reason adventure time is about like at, you know if you had yeah, those, like an those are ultimately bit, boy shows yeah, yeah these are mostly boy shows and yeah. the idea i mean i'm kind of i mean i'm so excited there's so many lesbian or you know just like queer female relationships being you know shown but it does make me wonder if there's this issue of like what is more, more palatable to a straight male audience well, if no, it's really it's, an yeah. issue of like well, it's what are young it's int- right, but it's also non-threatening and actually like for straight right. men to be attracted to like the lesbian dynamic, that's like a whole thing that's considered like kind of mainstream and not for a great reason. And so I can see why for Voltron to have two men actually like be in love and show that feels more threatening in a way and that there would be more pushback on it for that reason for the average male straight viewer. Um, I think that's kind of weird. And I hope <laughs> I hope there are more sweet boys in love because this should be a space for everybody, not just one kind, because it's at the end of the day serving like the general target audience. Yeah. Um, well, so- it's in inter- Well, I will. I do want to say this, that there this is it's that what's interesting about this. And I think it has to do with like what you're saying is like the audience in society mm-hmm. in the United States. It is more accepted like societally, like in all media for, I mean, I probably with the exception of animation, but like in general media and like, you know, on TV and all sorts of stuff and in life for like society is more accepting of two gay men than they are of two lesbians. Like this is a fact. 
Yeah, like, th- th- this is a complicated uh, subject. We could spend like a long time. Right, on but this, this is sure. this yeah. is like if we're talking about like especially for like the period of time, like how long? Like we're talking about like 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 the gay rights movement. Like the, this is the thing though is that like it is more like it's more like socially acceptable to be a gay man than it is to be a gay woman. And it's interesting that we're seeing this in animation that we're seeing so many gay women. Granted, I would have to say it's because of who are making these shows, but because that makes sense. Like you have queer women making shows, you're going to have queer women in shows. But I did want to make that point. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the 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 short thing is for whatever reason. Um, and we get Michelle. I think Michelle brought brings up. So I do think the audience thing is the thing because, like, if you look at like daytime TV, there's more gay men because who are watching that women. Yeah, uh, for whatever reason, k- uh, kids animation in America, um, it's it's seems way harder to get male male representation across. Um, probably very complex why that is. In other forms of entertainment, I would say like broadcast sitcomy television, also reality television. Uh, male male couples are like way more visible and accepted than female female couples, as Delaney said. Um, I know Sam and I have talked a lot about this. It depends on like the genre or the area of TV. It's not consistent. Um, this is certainly an area where we'll be primarily talking about female female couples. Here. I believe Shira was the only kind of gay character even going to be male gay character we're going to be getting into so right um it's uh yeah that's a it's i i don't have uh good answers for you know why that is i think that there's a lot of potential reasons but um certainly we're going to be we're hoping for more male male representation to come from these animated shows because there has been almost the bare minimum i would say so far um there have been dad like dads in the loud house um uh, and then there's going to be and clarence uh, right Clarence, yeah, maybe both of them. I don't know, I watch those shows, so I'm not understand sure, but yeah, there there have been like dads together. But in terms of like younger characters, I think like Voltron's one of the first ones ever. Um, so uh, yeah, we'll we'll see we'll see what's to to come on this one. We can also talk a little bit about more about that when we talk about uh, 2019 shows. Um, okay, Shira. Um, so back to Shira. Sorry for getting sidetracked there. Shira and the Princesses of Power. Um, Delaney, what's the short version of uh, all the gay stuff that happens with Shira? That's not the summary of the whole season. Well, the entire show is gay. (laughs) And the way that Steven Universe is gay is kind of like the way She-Ra is gay. So you have these characters. And the thing is, the the reason Steven Universe and She-Ra are so, like, you watch it and you're like, this is gay. is because you don't have the typical heteronormative, like, constraints between characters and in the, like, in their society. So, you know, in She-Ra, you have the normal, like, evil, like, they're evil, we're good. But... You know, when you have these, like, they're kids, they're teenagers interacting. There's no, like, oh, I'm so shy and, like, I'm hyper, like, attracted to this dude and, like, I'm going to be really awkward about it. Like, everyone's just chill buddies. You have girls cuddling. You have a guy who wears a crop top the entire series. And that's just, like, that's just the way it is. And the other thing is nothing is very overtly romantic in She-Ra. And it's part of it, too, is, like, there's no, like, they don't try to... Like there's because generally when things are overtly romantic, it's a straight romance. You don't have that in She-Ra. It's not about romance. And then also, again, this is something we, we're going to talk about with Mysticons. This is something that's in Steven Universe. It's and, and and also in Adventure Time is you have these female relationships, like relationships between two female characters that are the powerhouse of the show. They're kind of like the driving force behind the show. In She-Ra, you have Adora and Catcher. Like the, their relationship is the catalyst for the show. It is kind of what 
keep like that whole that stitches the entire season together and is the ultimate like climax and like issue in the series in but that is obviously going to be in the series like that's what they've set off in the first season of Shira, you know in you know steven's the main character of steven universe but it's the relationship of all the women around him and with him that really drives the show um it's like you know rose quartz and all of these women like that's the whole point of the show that's how everything came to be and then you know you have uh you know Marceline and Princess Bubblegum were like really, or is it Prince? I don't know. They're, I, don't, I don't watch Adventure Time, but like I know they were big characters, and like they had you know a relationship that under was an undercurrent in the entire series. Mm-hmm. And then Mysticons, it was four girls who are superheroes, and it's all about the relationships with each other and with other female characters because there's like two guys and like all of Mysticons. <laughs> so I think that summed up Shira. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I, I want to say, sure, I think breaks my explicit representation line that I mentioned. I don't think it's yes. uh, fully like, because if you want to talk about what's explicitly representative on Shira, it's only Natasha and Spinnerella. Correct. Um, who is uh, this very, very background. And they, they make a joke about how back, how background yeah. they are. It, it's a, yeah. And they, they mostly show up in the finale. And, uh, but it is explicit and that's notable because there's not a ton of explicit stuff. So I want to note them on its own. Um, but the driving force of Shira is Adora and Katra. Um, and uh, they have not really done um anything that meets the criteria i outlined but it's also like obviously gay and also the mm. thing with the, the most notable thing with shira is i think every basically every single character on the show is queer coded yeah um that's like and they're all gay for adora yes uh yeah d- definitely in in shira form tons of reactions to her um and uh it's it's that's the, i think that that would be probably be my most notable thing about you it's obviously adoring catcher as well driving force of the show but like just the fact that every character is queer coded is uh never seen that before like steam universe is the only remotely close thing to that with like all the gems being uh, gay so um yeah michelle shira thoughts I mean, just to to comment on that, I mean, the other thing about Steven is I think part of the reason it was ultimately allowed to be so queer is that you can always make the argument, oh, but they're aliens, though. They're not like humans. It's just different. They're wrong. But she they're they're human princesses. They have powers and stuff. But I mean, they're still mostly people. Yeah. And that's a really big step in that direction. And I just like, again, yeah, all these characters have a queerness about them and that's just it makes it so nobody's a token it makes it feel normalized it it gives you all these options of how you want to present yourself and be and that's just really really lovely so i think that's a great part about the show yeah sam shira thoughts i agree with michelle in that you know a lot of the aforementioned shows that we've mentioned before sort of have that alien element to them which i guess to one person or another would make them more palatable. But in terms of Shira, you know, it's people. Oh, not to say that, you know, Ruby Sapphire, uh, Bubblegum, Marceline aren't people. But, uh, you know, it's, it's more so, I think, grounded in reality and grounded in, <clears throat> I guess, you know, more human-y people and more, I don't know. I, I'm just talking... They look like I'm humans just... as opposed to uh, Steven Universe and Adventure Time, arguably. Um, whereas uh, She-Ra, they're all like kind of these humanoid figures. Thanks, Dylan. Um, you're very yeah. good at reading well, they don't make it, well, In Steven Universe, they make a point of like, we're not from here. We're not people. We're right. different we have yeah. different customs. Like, like right. ultimately, it doesn't matter to any of us, but like that is a thing. Um, yeah. But yeah. in She-Ra, like, they're just like, here we all, here we are. We all just live here and we're people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, to highlight the Adora and Catra thing, just the the fact that the season is so focused on them and their uh, turbulent dynamic, specifically Promise, the episode, um, highlighting the their their history. Um, and people like point out all these moments between the two with like these uh, lingering touches and these looks at each other. Princess Prom, the episode, them dancing. Princess like, Prom is the gayest yes, thing that ever happened. It's so gay. Right. Like when one of your main characters shows up in a suit, like come on, and dips you, yes, gay. Like like everyone can watch that and recognize it's gay. On the other hand, it's not. There's no declarations of love. (laughs) There's no no kisses. Yeah, like uh, so. I think. But but the thing is, when you watch it, it reads entirely like you show up and you're jealous that the person you love isn't with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think what's interesting about you is the way that um, the crew is handling, I feel like the inevitable censorship is they're just making it this slow burn, like they're turning it into like something that yes. makes sense that it wouldn't happen. You're like, Adoring Catcher aren't romantic yet. Exactly. Yeah, like yeah. they're not at a place where they would kiss yet. So it's like, that's right. why they're not kissing. And so maybe when we get there, then it'll be allowed. So I think it's actually being handled really well. Um, it, it, some people have been a little disappointed that it wasn't more overtly gay, but also it's just been the first 13 episodes. It's and we're the first get a bunch more season. To come. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, give it time. Yeah, certainly hope so. I also want to note... And they're also kind of... I think they might be going for a discovery arc because, you know, Adora didn't know what a horse was. She was mm-hmm. like, oh my God, that is a beautiful... <laughs> what is it? And, like, I think they're going to go through kind of the same thing with Catra and Scorpia and Entrapta. Like, they're kind of going this, like, none of these people have ever been out and done anything. Like, they don't know how the world works. And aside from Glimmer and Bo, who kind of know how the world works and is a, are trying to teach Adora things... You know, I think we're gonna we're going to go on this like discovery arc for these characters about like you know hopefully we'll have like a coming out arc. If if we did that, that would be like one thing I want to note is n- nothing we're going to talk about here, and, and no character ever says I'm gay. Like that's never no. like, not none of these shows. So if we actually did that with Sheeran, had an ad- <laughs> it'd be amazing. Well, yeah, like that would that would be so good. Um, but yeah, that's that's a major problem for me. Is even even when you like for some reason a character saying I'm gay or we're dating with a girl is more t- is more like uh, t- uh, t- uh, taboo than them kissing or something. Like it seems to be the case because no one's done that yet. Um, so that's something I'm really looking. I guess because to, to that sort of like labeling is more solid to people, and in that case, you like have to subscribe to a certain like oh this character is definitely a lesbian or bisexual or this, that, and the other. Whereas if it's more done with action, it's more loosey-goosey and people could head headcanon things more and blah, mm. blah, blah. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, it, it's, yeah. it's I, I, I think that's probably a good, a good reason why. But yeah, definitely something I'm looking uh, to, to well, the next I, I uh, thing times- to break through to come in, in next year. Yeah. Well, I think a big thing that they do also is that they work so hard to make it seem like it's real and that it matters and that to you that you have to watch two people falling in love to believe it when they're gay instead of just people being straight and being like, yeah, we're together and we love each other. So I think that's a big thing, too, is that they might like, you know, being this assertive, being like, I'm gay and is, you know, a little bit like it probably like is taboo and that it's so different than. You know, they're trying, like, they have to convince us. And that's what's so kind of terrible about it is that they have to, we're going to show these characters falling in love so you get it. Instead of, like, you know, with every straight romance ever being like, oh, we like each other. 
Yeah, this notion that you have to uh, naturally build up in the plot to get to this point where gay people can exist. Yeah, it's just this very homophobic notion as but like the gay people can exist from season one. Like they, they're they just there and they like they like other people, you know, and I think Shira has a lot of the, a lot of those people, too, even if they're not getting into it explicitly right away. So certainly hope for that to come. Another thing I want to note with Shira is there's kind of some implicit male male representation with uh, like episode five. We have uh, Bo and Seahawk. Um, there's, uh, they're a super lot of, gay. Yeah. Um, they're so I, cute. Yeah, I love I, them I, together. I love them. Yeah. And I also, I also subscribe to the, uh, Bo is trans headcanon and oh. actually, actually think the show might be getting into that. I don't really know. I don't know. I saw that, a but... really good glimmer is trans headcanon. That was also yeah, beautiful. That's another one people, uh, yeah, talk a lot about. Um, also glimmer. The other thing and... is we have representation of, um, body types and like we yeah. have literally yeah. every representation in She-Ra. It's yeah. so good. Yeah, absolutely. Also, Glimmer and Adora are super gay for each other. I, I ship them out. so bad. Like that's uh, that's that's my ship, not Adora <laughs> Catcher. Yes. Okay. Good. Um, but yeah, there, there's also just multiple like prominent uh, potential queer ships. That's another like fantastic element of Shira too. Um, and then there's, and we're like, not Scor- reaching Scorpion Catra, right? There's like yes. a ton of like that one's pretty blatant too. There's a lot of stuff. Okay, let's get into Mysticons here. Um, so this is the show you haven't heard of that we're talking about, and that's unfortunate. But because uh, it's the best it, show. Because <laughs> it's the best show. It's unfortunately over now. Um, but we had this kind of series long romance arc between uh zarya and her childhood friend kitty actually a ton of parallels between zarya and kitty and and uh, Dora and katra uh yes. just saying like it's kind of the same thing that they're going for except miss Khan's like gets them back together much quicker than shira seems to to be doing with it and they and don't katra. try and kill each other yeah um it's less less fraudulent less turbulent uh, <laughs> it's, with much their, less turbulent. it's m- much happier but uh it's so if you want the drama of the, the other one but they're they're very they're happy yeah so we get to this episode princess and the pirate where we finally culminate this uh romance we've clearly been building up with uh this this ending scene where they confess their love to each other ding 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 explicit line they and, look each uh, other in the eye and they're like i love you and like yeah. i died yeah, uh, yeah I, it's it's really fantastic, and they get the uh, message across even while that scene was uh, censored. Um, we know for a fact that they were supposed to kiss in that scene, and said instead they hug. Um, it sucks, but that scene was still really beautiful and still uh, very uh, you know very explicitly gay. So I think that, that was fantastic. The other thing I want to say about uh, Zarya and Kitty is I'm just so impressed with like the way it was interwoven into the show. It's this like series long queer romance arc that involved like the second lead of the show um it's uh we multiple times juxtaposed with like juxtaposed with the straight couples many many times the other two straight couples in the show like shown side by side and in the context of this epic fantasy plot um princess and the pirate shows that specifically just this like um like this just fantasy drama episode and then just highlighted on kitty and zarya it's just uh everything ever wanted from them except they should have uh, kissed and and said they're gay and stuff but you know it's an issue with with and they should have had like six more seasons yeah, and we should have, and and that's the, the, the they wanted more seasons. They would have been together when yes. it continued. That yeah, that's the depressing part. Yeah, Delaney, uh, Moonboon, Moonboon is what their ship name. Moonboon. Yeah. So, Mister Cons is like the perfect show, and it's just so sad <laughs> that it's over <laughs> because like you have like four women, and they're like they're superheroes, and they all love each other, but they still have drama, and they're ridiculous, and like there's like dragons, and they have griffins and they just fly around save people and we have these like ridiculous magic elements and and then they're gay it's so good like the second like my favorite character is gay the entire time i was like this is my favorite character i love her so much and they make her gay it's the best thing that's ever happened to me like they knew (laughs) they knew and they're just uh it's just so cute and like you see it like beginning to end and that's what's so great about it and they do, I mean, like Dylan said, they do it so well. 
and they like and the entire time you know it's coming because they do it so well and then it finally happens and you're like it's it's like when katang finally happened in avatar you're like at last my soul can rest in peace yes. <laughs> and it's so good and it's just i'm just i have never been so devastated like i was devastated when core ended but at least core got to end like i'm just so devastated that mysticons didn't get to end yeah, I mean, it is a, it is a good stopping point. Um, it did, they were, they, and everyone they were should hoping watch for, Mysticons. Yeah, they should. They're hoping for more episodes. Other than the Princess and the Pirate, the episode, I think like the big uh, the big highlighted the thing that Mysticons does differently is like Lenny said, it's just in, it's just a series long interwoven romance uh, queer romance arc. It's and they like, try ne- like, so never hard, like they just like the most incredible thing they do, and it's really smart is the juxtaposition with the straight couples. Like they'll show like the straight couples being cute. And they'll be like, here is Kitty and Zarya being cute. Like they do like the oh. whole time. Like they do it the, it's so good. Like yeah, they do it, it the entire show. Yeah, it's a really powerful narrative device. I'd highly recommend it to future shows if you want to like the way so you good. can be clearly gay without like, you know, uh get be up getting <laughs> getting past the censors in this regard. Like this is a and way like, you can the other yeah. characters, like there's a point where they're like, Go get your girl. Yeah, that's another quote. Yeah, that was early on. Um, yeah, t- t- tons of stuff like that. Love Kitty and Zarya, all time ship, even if uh, even even if it's ended here. So that was that was a big highlight. Definitely recommend Rest checking peace, out. Yeah, all their all their uh, awesome episodes throughout the the, the series. Um, let's get into BoJack Horseman, um, which uh, can this year continues main character Todd's uh, asexual arc. His last year, um, I guess, like discovering being asexual. This year, we uh, manifested in. Uh, multiple different the thing uh, this is kind of similar to the what i talked about with mist guns and interweaving it throughout like the series like this is todd being ace is like really fantastically interwoven throughout the season that's what really stuck out to me was um we uh like episode four is kind of the most prominent one this season um with uh this kind of like slapsticky episode with him and uh you know fellow asexual minor character yolanda and uh them uh just just like commenting on it through like zany humor and then it's also just continued even past yolanda's presence presence on the show into uh this uh sex robot henry fondle uh, um that top makes <laughs> which i think Sam. which i think is a really powerful <laughs> queer device because the joke is that like todd doesn't understand sex so he makes like this uh stu- this uh ridiculous sex robot and um it's it's uh not not saying that's like a fantastic representation but just the fact that it's like a uh, part of like this this huge biggest gag in the in the the season you know it's it's like interwoven into all elements of the show so i i i really appreciate how um they they did this uh with with todd this year and um i think like bojack is doing a fantastic job with asexual representation something that you just don't see on television otherwise um yeah michelle um I mean, I don't know if it's fantastic, but it's not bad. I think it's fine. Look, your mileage may vary on Henry Fondle. For I sure. think yeah. the moment that made me actually happy was uh, when he's talking to his his friend who we dated, but then he realized he was ace. When they're talking in the last season, season five, and she's like, oh, man, like, I'm not, like, into my my fireman boyfriends or whatever. I really miss, like, being with you. He's like, yeah, like, we were pretty cool together. But, you know, and she's like, well, do you think you could just try maybe for me? And he like just kind of looks down and doesn't say anything. She's like, okay, like I get it. And they drop it. And I like that he doesn't like it's not good to pressure people 
into doing stuff, even though it feel like somebody else. And it, I like that this show allowed him to just be like, no, like I don't, I don't want to try. I'm sure that it's not something I want to do. And they let him have that. And that was very good. I was a little spotted the slapsticky stuff where the whole joke is kind of that he's ace. And then Yolanda's parents and family finding that out. Like, I don't know why that has to be funny or a punchline. But yeah, so your, your mileage might vary. I don't think they're actively doing harm. Um, but I think it's just like, it's it's pretty new territory for any show. So given that, I think it's like perfectly, you know, average. Maybe <laughs> yeah. better than average because they're actually talking about oh, it. Yeah, so slightly, yeah, slightly yeah. better than average. Uh, yeah, I think their intent is to incorporate it into what they normally do on the show. Um, yeah. So that's where they're coming from with the slapsticky stuff. Um, yeah, also, the, you mentioned a great one. Also, I remember their conversation of uh, Todd and I think Bojack discussing the difference between asexual and aromantic and doing it in like uh, classic Bojack pun yeah. dialogue, fast-paced dialogue. I think that was a fantastic moment, too, earlier in the season. Um, Sam, thoughts on this? So it brings up this really interesting thing that really nobody on TV anyway ever talks about. Uh, when Todd and Yolanda are dating and basically they point out that they just started dating because they were the only two asexual people that they had known. And that's sort of like a recurring thing in many queer spaces. Like, you know, you just sort of date the people, you know, who have the same orientation as you because you don't know anybody else and for better or for worse, in terms of that and i think that's great that bojack pointed that out because you know nobody talks about that even though everybody knows that's like a fact of life almost when you're in queer circles so bravo to that but i i agree with michelle this the whole slapsticky nature of uh todd's asexuality and henry fondle didn't work that well for me uh, I do like what you said, Dylan, about how, you know, Henry Fondle is born of Todd not really understanding what sex is. But I, 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 it's fine. It's okay. It's fine. It's okay. Yeah. It yeah. works. It, 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 look, it's, it's, it's complicated. But I think Bojack, the, the, the highlight is Bojack uh, talking about it prominently, um, for sure. Um, something uh, beyond animation, something that uh, I feel like there's only one other uh ace prominent ace character on tv i feel like i read Ooh. that so it's it's um yeah not not, not good so Bo- who is projecting yeah, i don't know it's it some some live action show i don't remember i was looking at the glad report card or so yeah uh, wow and, yeah or maybe 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 one or two but yeah it's uh bojack doing uh at least uh, important important work here um let's do let's go through some quick hitters with some other shows with some more minor representation or at least i don't know i don't watch okko so michelle it's can talk not about minor it. okay okay <laughs> <laughs> So Enid's one of the three main characters, and she... I knew is, it! She I know she's she, I don't... She's not... Well, so she w- did have a crush on Red. I think she's she's queer. She definitely likes women, but I think men aren't just off the table. Um, but she, she definitely... She's had a crush on this character, Red Action, who's, like, this amazing fighter of, a, like, an intergalactic war from the future who's hanging out in present day just for lols. And she, like, <laughs> is so enamored with her... And they've been on dates, like, not explicitly, but, like, it's obviously a date. And they're in a very recent episode, in, like, a Black Friday episode, there's this whole line where 
um, the owner of the store, Mr. Guard's like, all right, like all of you, we're not going to do back Friday. Like go be with your loved ones. And chaos, like, I'm going to go be with my mom. And Rod's like, I'm going to go be with my parents too. And it's like, I wonder what, what's up with like red action. I'm going to hit her up. Do like so a it's like, call. Yeah, they're, they're definitely <laughs> trying to be as obvious as they can. Um, and also I would argue the main villain of the show, Lord Boxman, he's like pretty gay for this other villain, Lord Professor Venomous. Who's like a beautiful evil man, and Boxman's like a, a trash fire garbage person. So they're just an amazing couple, and their whole thing is they're both evil, and they both want to do very petty crimes, and they're both dads. So you know that's like the true power couple right there. So I think there's at least two predominant ones, and they're very lovely. And I mean, Boxman, like it, it's like. Again, like, they haven't overtly said it, but, like, body language and framing, like, scream it at you every handful of episodes. So, if that means anything, they're both very gay. Nice. Uh, Alex Yo. also pointed out uh, Joff and Nick background characters. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, no, that's true, too. Okay. Delaney? Uh, I have seen, like, a couple episodes of OKQ. Okay and one time, me and my girlfriend were watching this episode, and it's this episode where, like, that like red action keep like Enid's like chasing her through time. Yes, yes. The thing I've ever watched. It's like the entire gay. like me oh. and my girlfriend like this is so gay. They're so yeah. gay for each uh, other. So like and like they're like I guess I'll stay for you. Like I can't. They say something at the end where like that was like super gay. Basically, like so like the plot. Yeah. So like at one point the whole episode is that so red action gets told she has to go back to the future to fight this war, and Ian's like, oh like. I, I want to tell her not to, but, like, I don't want to, you know, be too like, obvious. The entire episode is her not being able to be like, tell her how much she means to yeah. her. And, like, she comes back and, like, she keeps, like, like Red Action keeps growing up and getting older. And he's like, oh, crap. Like, I gotta, I gotta tell her soon or she'll be gone forever. Yeah, and so she changes her through time. And at the end, it's, like, the really old Red Action that goes back to the younger Red Action to be like, hey, yo, like, you need to stay for Enid. Cause like, don't mess this know- up. You both know this is very important for you, so do it. So yeah, Delaney's right. She, like she literally stays in the past for Enid, which like if that isn't love, I don't know what is. It's pretty also, out of the handful of episodes I've seen, and I mean like it's literally three, and one of them was the gay. Like I'm, it's pretty. <laughs> you know, it's pretty. They they definitely like each other a whole lot. Is is that back in red action, Michelle? That episode? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that'll be on our top fifty end of year list. Uh, my, my impression is that's the gayest episode though. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's the most dramatically gay. It's so gay. <laughs> okay, <laughs> there you go. Okay, so good. To, you go good back in time, rescue well. your girlfriend fighting a war, <laughs> and tell her you miss her and you want to be with her. It's hard to do when you're Super a teenager. Okay, there you go. There's okay, Kale. Let's talk Craig of the Creek, um, which has uh, prominent side characters, the witches, uh, yeah. Tabitha and Courtney, who are mm-hmm. o- obviously uh, dating, although, you know, they're not, say- not saying they're dating. Craig, Craig, I think, probably along with Michelle would say, okay, Kale is like, basically, it's like as explicit as you can get without exactly. actually explicit. Yeah. Um, and uh, they've been featured in a few episodes, and uh, they're just talking about, and they're like, just these, like, teenagers these like goth teenagers in in high school so i think that's that's fantastic in their day and they're talking about like college and what's gonna happen to them and um it's 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 really fantastic also in a recent episode we had uh jp's older sister laura and her girlfriend kat uh featured briefly um so another kind of a uh, female female background couple again not really explicitly labeled but uh also very prominent within the show um so i think craig uh 
in addition to its other fantastic diversity elements as well, is uh, is doing uh, good work here and hope to see more of that in the future. Um, yeah, Michelle. Yes, agree. Strong agree. I want to see. I want to see Lauren Cat. I mean, like that was such a surprise. Because yeah. um, I guess I assumed the witches were like what we were gonna have, and I was happy enough with that. But yay, there's more than one now. They're growing. <laughs> they're they're <laughs> growing. Oh, yes, yeah, so it's, it's spreading. The gays, the gays are spreading. <laughs> spreading across the town, across the creek. <laughs> across the creek, yeah, yeah. Sam, you have any comment on the witches? Uh, I mean, the only episodes I've really watched were Crazy Creek or the, the ones. The witches the- ones. <laughs> And like the horse girl one. Uh, yeah, oh. I like them. I think they're cute. They're wonderful. Hooray for goth GFs. Yes. Hooray. Um, okay. Yes. Uh, Sam, uh, next I have Super Drags here. It's a Brazilian show, which uh, the, the English dub aired in Netflix this year. Yes, it did. Yes. So Super Drags is what I can best describe as, as <laughs> magical girl drag queens. OMG. Uh, yeah. I think it's, like, for me, at least, this was kind of the shining beacon of gay animation, because it's very explicit, both in terms of the terminology that it uses, uh, like, it crosses that explicit line Dylan mentions, like, over and over again, and in terms of uh, how raunchy it is, it is an adult animated show. There are a lot of penis outlines and penis things, Uh, but it covers topics like, like, body issues within the gay community it covers gay conversion therapy it covers poverty it covers like so much stuff within the lgbt community across the whole and it's just so wonderful and i think everybody should watch it uh it is like it is kind of hard to get into you know if you kind of aren't really into the you know snappy humor or I don't know, sort of the raunchiness of it. You know, maybe it's not the cup of tea for you, but I think it's doing amazing work, and I think it definitely deserves a shot, like, to be more than just, like, this, oh, this, like, five-episode thing on Netflix that was released in the middle of November that nobody cares about. I care about it deeply. Yeah. Sam cares, so check that out on Netflix, uh, for sure, yeah. Also, I Um, have one, there's one guy at work, he's also gay, comes up to me, and he's like, you have to watch this show. (laughs) <laughs> like right. obviously this is a thing all the gays are watching because the only other gay guy at work was like hey. <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah, I, I made him watch she so now he's also this is this is how being gay works guys like <laughs> and, and and to note um the creators and writers as far as i could suss out they're all gay uh the voice cast both brazilian and english uh gay either drag queens or not like it's really it's bringing us together guys so Let's just yeah. go for super drags. That's my endorsement. Okay. Let's just go for super drag. Nice. Good stuff there. Okay. Um, even further ramping down on representation, although still not insignificant, Miraculous Ladybug, um, I think this year continued to feature background couple Rose and Julica. They're so um, cute. <laughs> they're really cute. And so uh, cute. I think what's impressive, like as impressive as this like very minor non-explosive thing to be is just how frequently they're featured together. Um, they were like holding, literally like holding hands and it's holding hands, clutching to each other, you know, like almost uh, every other episode. And uh, it's just the show is like uh, not hiding at all. And we say and we say background and they are background characters. But what's their second secondary ish? Yeah, well, we yeah. But just for Miraculous Ladybug, you have Ladybug and Cat Noir and they're the main characters. But 
their class like they have like there's been an episode about each person in their class and like their classes like it's a it's important that we know every single person in their class yeah yeah they're, they're not just like they're not like uh voltron uh curtis background yeah. level they're they're uh yeah they, they they've had uh, their own episode and uh kind of uh secondary characters and they continued to this year to be even more and more featured together would love for the show to uh come out explicitly and say they're dating that would be really significant um but for now at least they are uh shown frequently together also we had uh this episode about new character Mark and uh, this character we knew about Nathaniel and they're kind of being like set up together to work creatively. Um, I guess in a, I guess in a year when we we've only have like one male male gay talk couple to talk about Mark and Nathaniel, I think are like implicitly shown to be kind of together now. And they were in a recent episode, uh, kind of uh, kind of together. And um, Mark is definitely queer coded. Um, and uh, like he's I think like he's uh implicitly maybe even a little bit more show to shown to like nathaniel and they've been really great together uh through in in, in kind of in the background the season also hope to see more from from them in the future uh yeah delaney i know there's ladybug comments there just they're really cute and they really do try really hard to have like for as far as background representation goes they do a really good job yeah, I, I I agree with that. I, yeah, I would love for the show to not have it just be background representation, but for what it is, it, it, it's it's doing well. Um, hope hope to see more from the show in the future. Um, next is uh, Ruby. So uh, hello, has dropped. So I'll be speaking for Ruby. <laughs> <laughs> um, so mostly last year we had Ilya, uh, the show's first uh, gay character. She's like actually a prominent secondary character, and she was like at first a villain, and it was kind of problematic representation, as uh, detailed extensively in that uh, Ruby episode discussion featuring Delaney. Um, and uh, so they they continued with Ilya stuff earlier this year, and uh, they showed her being. Uh, they continue to show her being gay in kind of minor ways and referencing it, but at least they're like continuing to like, uh, they're not like erasing that aspect of her. That being said, they wrote her out of the show for the season, uh, the season, which Ruby does with like every minor character on and off. So she'll be back. She's not there this year. Um, but more recently we saw, uh, a very recent episode, John, kind of the secondary slash main character, John, his, one of his sisters we met and her wife. And, uh, it was actually really fantastic what they did with the two of them. Um, and who had a like, wife? I'm sorry. John's older sister. Who oh. we saw for the first time. Yeah. How um, did they take hey. the worst thing in the universe? John and they gave and him. <laughs> Look, Burn. John's been John's been fine, yeah. and uh, his, his older sister's fantastic, and uh, the two of them they 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 like handle it really well. It like um, obviously like, Ruby's one of the shows like it has to make sense in the plot, so yeah, whatever. So it's it, they come. It's like it's it's part of the the season narrative, but then um like uh, they we like prominently say, oh, and this is my wife, and then um they're like they like holding hands together on the couch, and like they're going to be part of the rest of the season or at least part of the next few episodes. So um it's Ruby and Rooster Teeth. Are, are on the right track here i would say and we continue to hold Switch, out hope yeah, that so that's the main characters will be <laughs> together at some point some combination of the main four characters which we seem to be moving with uh bumblebee uh the kind of the most probable ship we're also continuing to see some bumblebee build up for movie uh sam uh big mouth uh, uh <laughs> what have i have no concept of big mouth what happened right. to big mouth this so year? big mouth okay um full disclosure I kind of hate watch Big Mouth because I don't like it, but this season was actually okay. Uh, so Big Mouth has this one. Okay, so, there's a couple things going with Big Mouth. Uh, first <laughs> off, there's this one explicitly gay character named Matthew. He's one of the kids. He's there. Um, then this other character, what's her name? Jesse. Her mom leaves her dad because she is dating a woman and things happen yada 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 but the main takeaway 
from this season is with the character of Jay, who has relations with his pillows. Um, uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. This so, is the kind of show that Big Mouth is. My girlfriend loves Big Mouth. I hate it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All kinds. So, so here's the thing with Jay. Uh, there's a sleepover and things happen. Essentially, him and Matthew, the gay boy, kiss. And Jay is like, oh my god, am I gay now? Did this kid give me the gay? Blah, 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 blah. And then he starts to explore his identity with different pillows within his house. So to speak. These pillows talk. Uh, one of them is his bedroom pillow, which he had a child with earlier. Uh, Big Mouth oh. is awful. Um, this is a girl pillow, but then the couch cushion pillow uh, kind of, you know, tries to get with them and it's like, oh, do you want me to do this thing to you? And the couch cushion pillow is a boy pillow. Uh, so basically, the thing is, Jay is bisexual, essentially, and it is explored through pillows. There's also a very lovely gay man that Matthew befriends and he's older and it's not weird or anything just like oh don't be so miserable while you're young be happy and don't be a miserable old queen like me the end that's big mouth that was that was that was a few things yeah yeah it it does have a few things but it doesn't mean that big mouth isn't bad Okay, it just, okay, so. It's one of those, like, I feel, it's, like, problematic in the way that, like, Bojack can be problematic, so. <sighs> yeah, so Bojack so... is ultimately progressive at this point. I get the impression from Sam that, uh, that, uh, not label Big Mouth progressive, but I don't know. That's a, that's a source. Uh, <laughs> okay, like I said, this past season, this year, was better than the last one, but I wouldn't recommend it to any other person on this earth. Okay, the strong words from Sam about Big Mouth, but there you go. There are the highlights from this year. And uh, last, in terms of Western animation, I want to highlight the most minor of things. There's an episode of Summer Camp Island where a ghost had two dads. Ghost dads! Um, yeah! I forgot, I forgot about that until Alex reminded me, but <laughs> that happened. Ghost dads. Uh, also, I, uh, my, I continue to strongly believe that main character Oscar is gay in Summer Camp Island, but that has not been anywhere close to confirmed. It's more of just headcanon. Um, yeah. There you go. Uh, well, looking forward to more from Summer Camp Island uh, next year. And, uh, you know, th- those those kind of like one episode uh, background type things are still meaningful in their own, in their own mm-hmm. way, I would say. Yeah. Okay, getting to anime now. Um, we have one of the most prominent uh, pieces of queer media this year, which we did not talk about until very late in this podcast. But Bloom Into You is currently airing. Um, and uh, it is... Um, one of the most strikingly non-problematic queer animes ever created. Wow. Um, no, it's, is, uh, it's, it's kind of true. Yeah, I, I believe yeah. it. I've, the I've thing seen is, really the thing is most, animes before. Most, well, the thing most is, like, the gay- bar for problematic in anime is, like... <laughs> Yeah, look, God, uh, yeah, that's I, also I, true. Yeah, look, yeah, it's I understand. True. Anime, the, the queer representation anime is like so, like in historically bad, or just not explicit, right? Like it's either just like doesn't cross the line, or um, it uh, is just terrible. Um, so we're going to talk about a terrible one in a second. But uh, Bloom into You is actually wonderful, and Michelle and I watch it. Uh, it, it features, uh, it focuses on a queer couple, you and Nanami. Oh, it's um, it's a, it's a 
you bloom into you yeah oh oh wow i didn't notice that yeah so the thing that so they uh prominently kiss several times throughout the series we haven't seen the ending yet Uh, it's coming up in like a week or two um uh, i i've been calling this the best queer anime ever michelle has pushed back on this um it's it's one of the best ones i've seen in a while but yuri on ice is great utena is always going to be a classic so i feel like they're definitely other contenders but of all the anime that's been coming out in the past decade like even if this wasn't a queer show it's a very well made show um and the queerness is just like it feels very natural and real and in developmenting in a way that like makes actual sense and there are plenty of characters to affirm that queerness outside of these main two like um one of their teachers has a girlfriend and that's like a whole thing another character who's kind of a main character she like also has a crush on the same person but she doesn't want to ruin the friendship um by confessing uh there's like yeah, there's like a whole community in the show to kind of support this so it doesn't feel like it's you know queer coding but isn't gonna commit to it um i will say i first couple episodes i was a little upset with nanami because i felt like she was she was like pushing too hard on you and she wasn't asking for her consent as much as she should have been um but where the show is now like i love their dynamic and i think it's so it's so fascinating and and so like it's just i love seeing like especially you just kind of like figure this out about herself because nanami came into it from the first episode and it's taken her a much longer time to admit what's happening and to kind of like feel out how nanami would feel if she became more open about it too based on like how you see that their dynamic kind of is the whole point is that you act like ah you can do whatever you want i don't really care it's whatever but and Nanami likes that because it feels safe. But Yu's actually starting to really fall in love with her. But she doesn't know how to be open about it because she's afraid it'll scare Nanami off. And that whole thing is just like so interesting, and the way they handle it is so genuine. And it just like it feels like a real relationship, and that's so nice. It's definitely meant to treat them as people and not as eye candy for guys, and that's great, especially because it is an anime. So that's- points for that for sure. Yeah, the the premise of the show I think initially turned me off, which is uh, yeah. it's it's all it's all about you, and it's like she doesn't know what love is, so like Nanami like likes her a lot, and you doesn't really know how to respond to that, and so it's like throughout the course yeah. of the show, it's unclear whether you is is gay, ace, questioning, like it's and it's still kind of unclear, but like it gets better in like how it's portraying it, and it like feels real and like real emotions behind it, um, and you know like they're young, they're young kids, and like they're high schoolers, so it's it's uh, I think it like all kind of comes together and makes sense. It gets better as it goes along there's a ton of prominent kisses oh sayaka is this character uh michelle mentioned another prominent uh, queer character in the show who likes anatomy um sayaka in episode seven just details like her queer history um in yeah. just like a very complete and fantastic way and all of the emotions behind that character it is that that episode seven is like one of the best things i've seen it ends with um her talking to this uh bar owner who's dating dating the teacher that michelle said and they're just like talking about the queer experience like in uh, like a scene in the episode yes and it's I so just, affirming it's like the greatest thing i've ever seen i can't believe that that happens um and then recent episode nine there's like uh, multiple prominent kisses um that are featured in a way that is um you know that happens in anime sometimes but it is like actually like wonderful in the context of the story that they're telling here um so yeah bloom and yeah, you gotta. Yeah, I, it's good. It's good. It's it's re- it's really good. Yeah, it's it's uh, the show the show's a little bit inconsistent at times, but like when it's on, it's like super on. And uh, mm-hmm. the, the sh- in in general, just like uh, really really fantastic representation. Looking forward to seeing how the show ends, and also based on a, a wonderful manga as well, which is like why the the anime has been so fantastic with the queer representation. Um, 
Yes, that, that's the main thing here this year. I think that's like the big highlight. I, I don't have full coverage of anime, I want to say. So I'm going to mention a few other things, but uh, mostly we've just been paying attention recently with a uh, shout out to Michael, who's been kind of tracking every anime that aired this uh, this recent season. <laughs> but the other most prominent thing is Zombieland Saga, um, which is this ridiculous zombie idol show. Um, in episode eight, revealed that one of the main characters, Lily, is trans. Aww. And uh, it is was really well handled or it was, you know, you could cool. you could uh, take issue with some things. Overall, I thought it was uh, fantastic. Um, I at the very least recommend checking out episode 8 of Zombieland Saga even if uh, not your cup of tea for the rest of the show but yeah just uh, main, main trans character in there and uh, there's just like some really affirming quotes from from that episode and uh, just uh, also like interwoven into the concept of the show which is like kind of we like take these one-off episodes and explain how they're like zombies now so they were alive and they died and we get their backstory of how they died and um, like Lily like it turns out like Lily like died of dysphoria so it's like whether Aww, you think that it's like whoa. it's it's like yeah it's like it's like taken to an extreme right but that that's like the whole show. So like, like it's similar to like how Bojack and like at the context of the show, it is, uh, it, it is, uh, I think kind of like wonderful in how it's like interwoven into the fabric of the show. Um, but yeah, that was like shocking and unexpected. That is like one of the most prominent enemies this season. So it was like really fantastic to see. Um, Michael wants to highlight a uh, double decker, Doug and Kirill, uh, featured, uh, along with a ton of like implicitly anime gay characters, a, uh, minor trans character in one episode as well. So, um, Michael really loves that show. I have not seen it, but, uh, again, with, we're like, uh, you know, uh, we, not a ton of trans representation on TV. So I think these are, are, are good things to see from these shows. Um, I want to highlight Anima Yell, um, which is a slice of like cheerleading anime, which randomly in episode three has a side character, uh, this whole coming out scene. Um, for the side character, she talks about how she's in love with, uh, her, her senpai. And then it turns out senpai is a girl. And, uh, everyone's really affirming of her in, in that scene that went, uh, got, got spread around Twitter a little bit. I definitely recommend checking out that one scene. I don't believe it's been continued upon in the show too much. Like, I mean, I think that character's there and she's still gay and like, it's like minorly touched upon, but, um, it's not like a, a, a fabric of the show. But, um, yeah. And like I said, none of these characters in Western animation say they're gay. Like, this is a show where, um, there's like this just random coming out scene and it was just like really beautiful and it can be done in any, like, it's not the point of the show. It can just be done in any context. It's just, you know, part of life. So, um, that, that scene was really fantastic. Um, one of the other most prominent, uh, queer animes this year was Citrus. Unfortunately, because it is very sexual assaulty and, uh, it is like the typical anime way of presenting gay people, which is they force their, themselves on each other. No, which, um, no, no, you, no, consent's important. This is about yes. who you are. Yeah, T- tell that to anime. <laughs> um, <laughs> <I> it- <laughs> if you've never seen anything that might seem weird to you saying like most uh queer animes involve like people forcing themselves on each other but it is true that is like most of them so uh that is uh sucks and it's like a big problem uh citrus subscribe that there are good things about citrus it's all about um like this uh this this prominent uh, queer lead and um uh, like sisterish, I don't know. It's 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 a whole thing. Um, it's it's <laughs> okay. some ways it's fine, in a lot of other ways it's really problematic. I tend to be on the uh, it's much more problematic than that side, but at least it was another very prominent queer anime this year. Um, and then yeah, there's I uh, apologize if there are other uh, animes I did not mention as well. I also want to note uh, apparently Freedom Fighters the the Ray. Um, that's not an anime Western show. Apparently also had representation this year. I don't know too much about that, but I want to highlight freedom fighters, the Ray. And, um, I want to get into 2019 potential representation here because we know some things. So I know we're going fast at this point, but, uh, 
in addition to the shows that we've already talked about, obviously, like we're hoping for She-Ra to, to really move forward in this regard. Steven Universe, I assume, like we talked about that that line that it jumped over that uh, like apparently there was like uh, a thing and now they've crossed it and now uh, apparently it can be super gay. So we'll see what's to come with Steven Universe. Um, I, I think those would be kind of the main ones to look to. Bojack's still going to have some, some Todd, more Todd stuff next year. Um, you know, some, some others like Adventure Time is kind of ended, but there's also going to be new shows. Um, Owl House, uh, created by a bisexual creator. Um, I don't have, know if there's going to be gay characters on that show, but I think that's notable at least. Um, Owl is certainly a show a lot of people are looking forward to. Uh, 12 Forever is a show that's coming to Netflix next year and, we have reason to believe the show will be oh, yeah. clear in some aspect. Um, we don't really know the details. I suspect the main character might be trans, but I don't really know for sure. There's a pilot that was made for Cartoon Network. Now this show is going to be airing on Netflix. Um, certainly the show will have uh, some form of queer representation. So we're going to be looking to see what that is from 12 Forever. Um, uh, Dragon Prince. uh did not re- had was wonderful with its uh, dis- disabled representation, but did not really have any prominent queer representation in season one. We do have reason to believe there are gay characters on that show, and that will be brought to the forefront in season two. Um, mostly just because of creator comments, the way they've kind of answered questions. Seems like Dragon Prince is going to have uh, some some gay characters come, so we'll look for that. Um, something you want to know to Star vs. the Force of Evil. That's like the most prominent show we covered that we didn't mention at all here, and that's because the show has been too really no. Well, it's been really heavily censored. I would say like they they've, they've yeah, been trying. Probably. So that being said, here's the thing. Here's this quote from creator Darren Nefsey in that, again, that Entertainment Weekly article I referenced. Um, Darren says, when asked about any other attempts to include, or this is from the article, when asked about any other attempts to include characters who identify as lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, or queer, she teased, I've had plans for that for a while, and in the fourth season, we may have something along the lines of that. I don't want to confirm or deny too much, but it's been in the works. Again, it's an interesting time uh, because I think that uh, things are changing, and we certainly have not been able to do maybe everything I've wanted to do all the time, but I'm excited to see something coming up in the fourth season. So, hashtag pretty- Kelly's gay. <laughs> Kelly, okay. Jana. Yeah. I feel like Jenna is Jana, most likely. Hashtag yeah. Jenna's gay. What are you talking about? <laughs> they yeah, can so... be gay together. They can date. Ooh, yeah, there you go. It's a win-win. Yeah. So, um, like, we know just from a bunch of, like, Twitter comments that Star is, like, Star is, like, one of the most, if, if you believe Twitter, Star is one of the most heavily censored shows uh, in the world. So, um, I'm sure I'm sure they've been really trying. And apparently, as Darren says, the fourth season, something's coming. Fourth season's going to be airing early 2019. Uh, could have aired this year, I think, if Disney wanted to. So, it could have been included here. But uh, we'll be getting into whatever uh, Darren is teasing here in terms of queer representation. Very much looking forward to that because we love Star here as yes. well. Yes. Yes. Just <sighs> putting their toes in the water with these homosexuals yeah, <laughs> on the fourth I, I, season which also led led credence to the whole oh your show's like, ending i guess you can yeah. do it now yeah also the last season as yes. far as we know so yeah. um yeah so you know star a prominent ending show maybe you can get into something uh D- disney is really discouraging in how little representation anything on any of their shows there is um I would say Disney is like the bottom right now if I were going to yeah. rank the <laughs> the productions. But uh, I don't know. We'll see what's to come with they're Star too, here. Maybe. too obsessed with the brand, TM. Yeah, they're a monolith. They're so... Well, if they can give Elsa a girlfriend, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, that, that's true. Elsa have that yeah. coming up. So that's... Uh, in terms of... Yeah, and we didn't even get into movies. So all the... Well, we'll see with Frozen 2 and, and some other things. Uh, but yeah, there you go. Uh, that That's the one I'm most prominently looking forward to because uh, it's just going to be... Or the most... Uh, 
most recent, you know, it's it's probably going to come in the next few months with with Star and then She-Ra season two, um, whenever that will be. We won't know with Netflix until close to. But um, yes, uh, any let's let's get final comments on anything we've talked about and also anything anything else you uh, wanted to say, any other shows you wanted to mention, um, any yeah, and anything to get off your chest before the ending, Delaney. Shira is just really gay, and I love it so much. And I'm really excited <laughs> for season two. Yes. Good ending <laughs> thoughts. Okay, Shira is the number one uh, topic for Lady. Okay, Sam. Uh, I will say something that I've said many times um, throughout my life recently. I am very glad that we are getting more representation because that means that we as a people don't have to watch for crumbs anymore like we can pick mm. and choose uh what we want to watch and they're giving us like. whole meals almost Somewhat, yeah, like, appetizers right now like but, for yeah, example like appetizers. i don't watch mysticons or voltron or whatever but they still have gay representation i don't feel like i have to watch them just because of that and i think that's great yeah. um you know not to say that you know oh these shows are bad i'm not gonna watch them ever it's just you know Action shows not really my cup of tea. Like there's there's uh, more out there than yeah. you can well, it's like I don't have to handle, watch Adventure yeah. Time for me to get yeah exactly some ladies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly, and I think that's that's a great thing to think about going forward. That you know the option to choose is there, uh, but that I guess that doesn't mean that we still shouldn't support you know what we got and uh, what's out there. Uh, this year was gayer than I thought initially. I guess <laughs> that's why you know the 2018 thing was a thing. Um, yeah, 2019. Let's let's go. Bring it on. I guess 2018 the sequel. 20 yeah. 20 is what I've 20 bi-teen! Oh, that's wonderful! <laughs> I love it. Okay, good good stuff from Sam Michelle. Uh. I, I like honestly don't know what to add compared to all that. I mean, I do also just again, I, I love that we're definitely seeing a ripple effect here. It's affecting a lot more shows now at a much quicker rate than we were at even three, four years ago. Like objectively, that's not a lot of time, but in terms of what's become more, you know, just acceptable in a larger social way and the kind of things people are really pushing for, like it's changed a lot in a fairly quickly amount of time and that's really wonderful and I just yeah I hope we get to see more I want more main characters to be and that's again like I'm so excited for Shira like if Adora can be actually queer and be a main character that's lovely because we haven't seen that since Korra and that's been a while ago so give us more more whole meals oh we didn't should we have mentioned the Korra comics at all Dylan uh, yeah, I mean, not you know, it's not in uh, actual animated form, but yeah, the Korra Turf Wars comics ended um, this year, and they were gay. <laughs> they, were, <laughs> yeah. they were they were explicit. They continued the Korasami journey after the finale, and it was explicit and uh, wonderful. It was not necessarily everything everyone was hoping for, but it was. Um, it, it, you know, kisses and uh, talking about being gay in the Avatar world, mostly in just part one, but um, being and then love. and being in love, yeah, and uh, hoping, yeah, we'll be getting more Korra comics, so we're we're gonna hoping to see more from from the Korasami arc uh, in the future. Um, yeah, certainly Turf Wars like 
better in terms of explicitness than the actual ending of Korra. But um, clearly we love the, the ending of Korra in its own right and for what it was and it opened the barrier into what the, the comics could, could continue as well. Um, yeah. Okay. I think a lot of, a lot of stuff here talked, um, about a lot of facets of this. And I'm really, uh, looking forward to some of these 2019 shows. I think like Shira is going to be the headline here, but, um, very interested in what star is going to do seeing like I, anime to me like uh, it's maybe it's just because i wasn't following so closely but there's like a lot of like unproblematic anime representation in this recent season i'm wondering if anime is just going to start being progressive now like i assume not but <laughs> we, uh I, it, that's that seems like a trend you know it's a few shows i mentioned that kind of had just non-problematic uh representation so um maybe uh across the board all fat all uh, all places in the world getting better with this stuff i think is is maybe a, a thing to end on and um Steven Universe, of course, in, in 2019, looking forward to all these uh, shows. And there's just so many of them. It took like over an hour and a half to talk about it on the podcast, right? Yay, so, so that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> would have been, yeah, last year would have been like a 30 minute podcast. So that's, that's fantastic. Um, okay. So yeah, we, if, if you're new to us, we talk about a lot of these shows uh, episode by episode at overlyanimated.com. We, we, this is not like the first time we talk about career. Also, I will so. yell when we're covering something. I'll be like, gay. Like, it's like my job. Yeah, that's a frequent, that's a frequent, uh, Delaney saying on shows. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, we, this is like every podcast. This, we just specifically focused it on it, uh, on it on this podcast. Yeah, it's like a year in um, review. Yeah. Yeah. The gayest. <laughs> of the gayest yep that <laughs> uh yeah overlyanimated.com like i said overlyanimated.com slash itunes for itunes feed with our main feed we also feeds for all these specific shows you want to just subscribe to them i added a shira feed recently by the way so um yeah. this will be up on the shira feed and a bunch of a bunch of other feeds as well um overlyanimated.com slash youtube or the reverse of that as well for our uh uh, we cross post all our podcast YouTube. We have recently have our end of year awards. A bunch of these shows were nominated for our OVAEs TV animation awards, um, which uh, 10,000 votes and counting as of this podcast. Wow. The, the end of year animation. Oh, awards. Dylan, so good of, luck. With, with counting them? Yes. <laughs> Google does that for me. It's oh, fine. That's good. It's, wow. I don't need to do anything. <laughs> it's, it's, like they're it's not great. handwritten notes. Like, no, they're not. Some people, people are, just people leave are commenting. Comments, yeah. Though. So I'm, yeah, I don't feel like hand tallying the comments. I guess I could, um, but yeah, it's a uh, look for our uh, winners announcement podcast on that next week. We also recently had podcasts on um, yeah Steven Universe feedback show we had. We're going to be cont- getting into new Steven Universe episodes on Christmas Eve for some reason, and uh, continued holidays after that. And uh, they did a uh, Neo Yokio Christmas uh, yes. <laughs> Christmas episode podcast. Sam and Michelle were on. Third dog um, camp. Yeah, yeah, I heard that was something. I might, I might, I might actually watch that. You should. Um, and our our Voltron uh, finale coverage, as mentioned as well, all that uh, recently continued Ruby coverage, continued OKKO coverage, all that at overlyanimated.com. Uh, let us know in the comments uh, what you thought of our discussion here. Anything you have to add at overlyanimated.com, you can click on the article and comment there or on the YouTube video at youtube.com slash overlyanimated. You can comment there as well. You can always send us an email at uh, podcast at overlyanimated.com. Um, but yeah, thanks. Uh, Delaney, Sam, Michelle, I think this is a great discussion. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And, uh, oh, I didn't do Patreon stuff. And uh, <laughs> patreon.com slash uh, <laughs> support us via Patreon. Patreon.com slash overly animated. Thanks to our current patrons, especially our patron of the podcast. Sam, a.k.a. Yosemite Sam. Is that, is that me? You? 
I don't know. No, I, think, I don't no, think, I don't that's think that's you, Sam. You. And thank, there's multiple I'm, Sams. And thanks as why I start patroning because I could produce John, Steve, Patreon. Alex, and Hugh. Yeah. Uh, so, so Sam actually is on the list. Um, and then um, our Discord is overlyanimated.com slash Discord. Um, so if you want to talk about any of these shows, queer presentation, we're always talking about it there. We have all the kisses in emote form on our Discord. I added the Shira kiss or the uh, Voltron kiss recently. Oh, Hopefully a Shira kiss dad. Yeah. So um, I haven't made that public because I've been trying to not spoil people, but the graphic of this podcast is going to spoil the Voltron kiss. I don't know. Um, I, I needed to include it with the other ones, so I don't, I'm not sure what to do. That. You still but, haven't yeah. got okay. rid of Daria yet, so. Yeah, Daria's next to go. So I thought see. you said she was next to go the last time you changed. Then I remember Jimmy Neutron was there and no one uses Jimmy. Yeah, well, so. let's, get, let's get rid of <laughs> okay. him. No one uses him. Uh, yeah, he's gone. He's gone. All the custom, we're talking about the custom emotes on Discord. No one understands. Okay, so talk with our, find all those at overlyanimated.com slash Discord. Thanks for listening, guys. We will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.